Heavenly Father, we're so grateful to be part of the kingdom work here. We're, we're so blessed to be able to come together uh, and gather around your word and, and gather in the spirit. Lord, we just ask you to bless us and clear our minds and wipe away the cobwebs, wipe away any infirmities in our natural being and let the spirit just flow. Let us enjoy this time together in fellowship. Uh, and in, Lord, we just ask this podcast to be a blessing to those that see it and hear it, Lord, and continue to give you all the glory for what happens. Lord, we, we just are, are grateful to be of use. And, and so, Lord, just so thank you for your word. Thank you for everything your son has done for us, Lord. And we're just uh, grateful to be here today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Excellent. Yeah, buddy. So it's it's been, crazy. Yeah, it's been crazy. But it's been, <laughs> good, it's been good talking about the foundation of God's word because, you know, as it relates to the origin things mm-hmm. because uh, in understanding where you come from you become to have a sense of who you are mm-hmm. and and I you know and of course everybody has an explanation for that and, and <laughs> appreciate everybody's due diligence we certainly get comments to that effect right and and we're thankful to hear from folks and really appreciate that yeah uh, it's it's good. It's good to have the interaction, uh, yay and nay. Uh, you know that's what Jesus mm-hmm. said. Let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. I mean, right. And we appreciate that. Unapologetically, we're coming from the Word of God. We're going to read the Word and right. let it write us to where we need to go. And and thinking about the origins mm-hmm. uh, brought me to this thing where we we kind of kicked off. The discussion this last time on the foundation, mm-hmm. and uh, and so looking a little bit at that further, because a foundation is something that is established whereby you build upon it, right? And um, and I think it's intri- it's very in- intrinsic that we understand the integrity of that foundation, right? You know, you, you see that in a lot of things, and, and even in the building world. Of course. Uh, people that do not take the time, um, you know, uh, we, we not long ago we came up on a building project and and uh, some road work and all. And in fact, it was a bridge. And then we were informed, the fact, the person that was in the know, mm-hmm. that uh, that whole thing had came to a standstill because in the shortages that, we were experiencing in the country. It, right. of course, has affected all areas. Didn't have access to what the the raw product they needed. Probably did not have access yeah. to the stabilizing bars. Oh to no! The, to the to the rods that go in the concrete that re see they couldn't get rebar. No. Oh my no, goodness. No. And, yeah. Okay. And, uh, and, yeah, and so. of course, well, and it was partially. Uh, I think it was partially the way it was explained to me. Lately, it was partially like a financial thing too, yeah. because of the tremendous cost. And I guess all that stuff had really, you know, just yeah. like going to ply, buy plywood now. It's an outrageous. <laughs> right. Well, everything, everything. You know, that was one of the things that you know when when gas prices rise or when any kind of you know thing like that rises the effect it has on every part of the industry, you yes. know, cause you know, just yes. shipping things from one place to another, yes. acquiring those things, everything becomes more expensive. You it know? does. And it just, you know, that was one of the things that unfortunately the, you know, and I've heard, I've heard different economists and different people talk about the fact that the ripple effects of the COVID shutdowns will be felt for decades. Probably like so. just, just because of all yeah. that, you know, yeah. and so I'm thankful that it's, 
over for the most part. We're moving past that, but the fact that it is, we we still have to. In the natural, there there's consequences of that. It's funny that you talk about foundations and building projects. I am literally staring at a giant Jenga. So you keep talking. I'm dragging that over here because it's a visual that we're going to use. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, well, the good news about that, the good news about that is that they're back at it because traffic was being backed up and diverted one way onto the older older section of, of uh, what will be the old bridge done away with probably. But anyway, uh, they're back on target. But, you know, we've heard many times of projects in other parts of the world where they, they said, well, no problem, and just went ahead and built the bridge without the, the substantial, um, excuse me, rebar and things like that. Well, and then, of course, that's a setup for tragedy. It's, excuse me, um, it ultimately uh, is going to be a problem uh, because the integrity of all that is, um, I guess, all that is, considered in the building of something with concrete especially you've got to have and i'm way out of my field here it's obvious <laughs> but you know you've got to have that which helps to substantiate the integrity of the finished product which provides a sound basis to travel on to build on to whatever you're doing right yeah well you know it's funny it, it, that how we talk about foundational structures and all those things and some people and even in some of the commentary we've received from some people talk about how well the word of god written by man is fallible blah 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 yeah. and they you start attacking that found foundation thing but most of the time when people are attacking the foundations or attacking the word of god in scripture it's because of all the things that have been set on top of the foundation yeah. So, you know, like if you lift one of those Jenga blocks that we yeah. have here on camera, right. like we have this tower of junk that has gotten yeah. piled on top of the <laughs> word of God that it gets accused of. Yeah. So while all of this is part of what is called the Christian religion or the, you know, by people, yes. we forget that it's decades and centuries and millennia mm -hmm. of people piling onto. So yeah. like if you consider that block you just picked up, if that is the most recent thing. So that's all the most recent crimes that have been committed by a human being that said they were a Christian. The fallibility oh, of it, well, you know, I see the responsibility okay. of, and see what it is, mm -hmm. is that while the, while the foundation is holding the whole structure and it's keeping it as a tower and it's keeping it solid, that doesn't mean it's, it's responsible all the time for every single little thing that's heaped upon it. Ah. It's performing as it should. It's yes. a solid foundation. It's a solid base. Yes. But all the things that get stacked on top of it affect it. Yes. You know, because really, if we look at it, this Jenga tower has all these different things stacked on top of it. But the real foundation of the Jenga tower is mm -hmm. the table it's sitting on. Exactly. And that's the word of God. There you that's go. That's the part of it that isn't yeah. as subject to change. That's the go. solid piece that that is sitting on. Yeah. And so... If we, if we start pulling away the things that, they, that have been heaped upon it, if we start pulling yeah. away all the different things Pull, yeah. that people have heaped on faith, that they've heaped on the Bible and all that, yeah. what we discover is a solid surface to work on. What we, yes. what we, what we find is, is a foundation whereupon we can build. 
you know, there and you that and, and that I think, you know, and I f- forgive us for the crude object lesson, but it was it was staring well, me in the face. Well, it was across the room. You know, you know, yeah. So uh, alone, those things are just what they are. Right. Th- those things are just they're Yeah. Yeah. They're just there and they're not. Yeah. Uh, inconsequential until you get it up here and you start building and then it suddenly it becomes part of all that. Right. It becomes attached to it. Right. You know, and I think that's probably why Paul, you know, when he was writing, I'm, I'm quite sure it was yeah. to the Corinthians, and he said, you know, we are all God's uh, field, yes. we're all God's husbandry, and mm-hmm. we need to build on that sure foundation, uh, which mm-hmm. is uh, which is Christ. And um, and just like in Scripture, when he talks about, you, you know, you separate the wheat from the chaff, you separate yes. the good from the bad, right. if we consider that this, this wooden block that is now part of this fun game and all that, was at one point part of a tree that had limbs and had all this roughage ah. and all those things. It had to be Very refined good. Very good. in order to be able to put in its place and be part of the structure that is this game. In order for it to be of use, it had to be refined by and shaped to fit what would function with the foundation. And that's what we're talking about here is the fact that by getting the Word of God into us, by being a part of the scripture and getting it yes. inside of us, we are refining ourselves into a tool that God can use. Just go. like it says in yeah. Romans, I think it's Romans uh, 8.28. And he said, all, God will see that all things work together for yes. go, those that That's love right. God That's and right. are called to his purpose. You see, yeah. this block of wood didn't serve a it was just tree or it was just bark or it was whatever it was a exactly, squirrel home exactly, or whatever exactly. but then when when it was when it was selected by a intelligent design by a by a deliberate mm-hmm. action by a deliberate creation by a deliberate forming right it became something that was useful it became yeah. something that could be you know of entertainment but it also could be something that is a teaching tool if you can't teach basic ge- geometry and structures to children using Jenga, you're not paying attention. Um, you know, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's you know, good. But that's the fact of the matter is, absolutely. you know, there again, like I said, this is a crude, unplanned object lesson. But there's right. so much truth to the fact that we need a foundation to build on. We need a truth to to work from before we can even start building a structure. You know, the scripture also t- gives us the parable of the wise man builds his house not upon the sand, but upon the rock. Exactly. And that rock that is our foundation is what we're really here to talk about today because it's, we're wanting is. to it we're is. wanting to define yeah. what it is we need to build our structures on, what it is we need to build our faith upon. It's not all the different parts. It's not all the different pieces of religion that yeah. we need to build our faith on. Because I tell you what, if you yeah. build your faith in God based on what Robert Clark says, it's going to fail you. Yeah, It's going to fail you. Yeah. The reason we sit here in this podcast and we're constantly reading scriptures and turning to the word of God is because the foundations need to be steeped in yes. the spirit-filled word of God. Right. And the reason I specify spirit-filled word of God is because a lot of people will sit back and try to judge the word of God and the Bible based solely on an academic standpoint of what they understand the, col- the collaboration of it to be and the yes. history of it to be. And the fact of the matter is that the living word of God is an experiential truth that requires spirit indwelling to fully comprehend the realities of it. Yes. Amen. To, well, you know, yeah, it's a absolutely. relational yeah. text. Become, having a relationship to something alters the reality of it for you. Exactly. 
Yeah. You know, once you get into once you get into communion and meditation and the study of the Word of God, what you discover is is that it has an, a relational impact not just between you and God, but between you and matter and reality and family right. and everything else. It starts impacting right. in a very real way how you view the world. One of the things we've started talking about with with our youth here uh, at our church is we talk about the confession of the Word leading to a redirection of pathways in your mind and the formation of new thought patterns that alter your perception and form a new reality. You've heard me talk about that some on this podcast before, is the fact that by getting the foundational text ingrained in your mind, you create a new structure. You create a new way that it works. You, you, You are literally chopping away the roughage. You're chopping and you're smoothing out the edges to become a clean, useful peace for God. And there again, like it says in Romans 12 and one, he's like, I am a living sacrifice mm-hmm. that I may be used here. Mm-hmm. I am. And, and if we're going to become that living sacrifice, we have to use a foundation. We have to use a truth in order to become the temple, to become the, yes. the, the raw materials in which God can reside in that God can indwell. Cause if we're full, if we're a tree standing in a meadow and we feel like we're full of purpose and all that, and we don't feel like we need to be altered at all, then we never can fit into the temple structure. We, we cannot become. If, we're, if we stay full and we don't make ourselves available to the word and make ourselves indwelled by the spirit, and, or not make ourselves, but gain the, the knowledge of the truth so that we right. have a lexicon to discuss with the spirit to become more available to how God would have us view, be used in our calling, then what are we? You know, what? Well, how do we? How do we move forward in our faith? How do we become aware mm-hmm. of what God wants and has a desire for our lives if we're not really plugging into the foundational text? Right. Well, exactly. Uh, what I was referring to earlier, and I didn't have the the text right at hand in my, the thought of the reference, but mm-hmm. it's it's actually First Corinthians chapter three, where okay. Paul's saying, "We are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. God's." building Mm -hmm. and according to the grace of god which was given to me like a wise master builder i laid a foundation and another is building on it Mm -hmm. but each man may be careful how he builds on it for no man lays a foundation other than the one which is laid which is christ jesus or jesus christ Mm -hmm. Um, and and he talks about that he gets into the quality of that work but also also over here in um so in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul makes reference to this again, and he follows through to where you were just mm-hmm. uh, stoking the fire at. <laughs> and he says, we're no longer strangers. Now, this is Ephesians chapter 2, picking up in verse 19. Uh, and, and we always encourage you to follow along uh, because some of these things where uh, we try to prepare and something, kind of get an idea maybe where God would have us to go. But then here we are. Uh, hitting in some things that uh, some verses that uh, we we did not have in our notes, and all. then I see a tabletop game, and then you see a tabletop <laughs> game. And that's great, man. That's fantastic. I mean, I've walked walked past it three or four times today, and I hadn't even noticed it. And and so he says, you know, we're no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens mm-hmm. with the saints and are of God's household, mm-hmm. having been built on the foundation mm-hmm. of the apostles and the prophets. 
Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone yep, yep, yep. in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord mm -hmm. in whom you also being built together into a dwelling of God in the spirit. Yep. And so there it becomes something, not just a lesson of building and, 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 and a foundation of course, of that which is in God in Christ Jesus the Son, right. but it comes back to the point of my life and your life and and our life. Right. Uh, that that's where it comes to. And well, that goes back to the relational aspect of it. There you go. It is personal. Yes. It is a personal thing. Yeah. It's not a. It's not just that we want to pack people in a building and piffle their pockets. No, we no. want to build relationships. We no, want to. We no. want to let people know that hey, you got a loving Father God that has done all these things from the foundations and has a purpose for you that was developed while you were still being constructed. Yeah. As the scripture says, exactly. as you exactly. were still being formed in your mother's womb, yes. I had a plan for you. Yes. I had a purpose for you. I had a teenager last night in discipleship that literally asked that question that, that he was like, how do we, can God use us? even if we don't want to be used. Hmm. Okay. And I was like, question. and I yep. said, the thing is, the thing about it was, is God had a purpose before for you, before you ever entered this planet, before right. you were ever formed in your mother, there you go. he had a purpose for you. It's yep. whether or not you want to get out of the way and get on God's plan. There you go. If you want to get in the word of God and ride the ride, if you want to get into the truth, and find your purpose. So many people walk around aimlessly. Oh, what's the meaning of life? What? A, who am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do with my life? And I'm like, have you asked God about it recently? Like, have you gotten in the yeah. word and found out what he says about it? Yep. Do you know that his will for you is just to be grateful to be alive? To be grateful to him for the truth that he's provided? Yeah. To be grateful for him for the redemption that he provided? For the, for the connection that he wants to have with you? You, you can be all alone in the world and find out that, guess what? The whole time you hadn't been alone. <laughs> that, I'll tell you this right now. And, and you know, we, 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 Dad and I are here to have a conversation, but we're also here to impart some truth to you. And, sure. and one of the things is, is if you're alone today and you're just surfing through YouTube or surfing through Spotify and you ran across our podcast, but you feel all alone and isolated and, and like nobody's ever experienced the hardships you experienced and nobody understands your depression, your anxiety, your fear, no, mm -hmm. that you feel isolated from the world, that's a lie. You're only as isolated from the world as you want to be. You go. You're only as isolated from God as you want to be. Because he wants you. He's, his arms are open wide. His love is pouring out right now. And he says, kid, come home. Come home. Come home. Come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's scripture. Right here out of the word of God. He says, come home. Come to me. Doesn't matter what it is, how bad you've sinned, how long you've been sinning, doesn't matter. Come home. Yes. That's the story of the prodigal son. There's a reason Jesus told us that story. He said, exactly. come home. I don't care. I don't care what it is. Come home. Yes. And if you don't have a home here in the natural world, find one. 
That's what we call New Testament fellowships. Yes, yes. They're adopted family. We talked about that on this very podcast a couple episodes back, and if you missed it, go back and catch it. But one of the things when we talk about scriptural origins is the fact that we have an origin in this scripture to a family of God. Yes. So if you don't have a family, come on in. Yes. I'll be your brother. He'll be your brother. That's right. Amen. We're not wanting to be your daddy because God's the daddy. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be your brothers. We'll be your cousins. Yeah, you go. Bring it on in. Bring it on. Find a New Testament fellowship that when you walk through the door, somebody offers you a handshake or a hug. Because yeah, if they don't offer you a handshake or a hug, I'd question whether or not they're a New Testament fellowship. Sorry, that's how this works. Yeah. If yeah. you're not offered a handshake or a hug or a greeting, you should be welcomed. Church, if you're hearing this and you're not offering handshakes and hugs to new people, shame on you. Get on with it. <laughs> Sorry. We're called yeah. to love people. That's Churches right. are supposed to look like triage centers, not yeah. bank vaults. Yeah, that's right. That's a- a- that, you know, We're relationally connected on a foundation of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ spent his entire ministry walking in and out of the temple, teaching, and walking the streets looking for hurting people. Amen. To, right. And providing healing and, and, and providing truth and wisdom and hope to them and connecting them to his father. See, if you pay attention to what Jesus did for most of his ministry, he connected people back to the father. Right. Yes, he made, he made declarations of who he was. Yes, he revealed to the world who he was and the part of God that he was. But what he did in his ministry was connect people to the family of God. Yes. Because that yes. even even as he hung on the cross suffering, when he looked at that other when he looked at that 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 repentant sinner on the other cross, he said, Today you'll join me in my father's house. Today you're gonna join me in paradise. Today yes. you're coming with me to meet dad. Because that's the ministry here is come into the family, come into the foundational truth and the reality of relationship and love that's based here on scripture. Pastor Clark, can you can you get us back to what the foundations are there? Yeah, sure. Uh, because in this it becomes so personal. Mm-hmm. Because as in as in the gospel that uh, literally the gospel that Robert was just sharing, uh, Peter said this in the latter part of the first century. Because the Christians were already facing so much turmoil, yep. so much challenge, and and you know it's 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 tough. It was tough living to be a believer. It was tough living, period. But it yeah. was tough living being a believer. And and there in the first chapter of First Peter, he said, mm-hmm. "But with the precious blood as of a lamb, unblemished and mm-hmm. spotless, the blood of Christ." Mm-hmm. He may. I mean, he leaves no stone unturned there that he was foreknown before the foundation of the world. Now that yep. takes us not uh, not only <laughs> into the basis of the integrity of the foundation, mm-hmm. but also back there again to the origins, before the foundation of the world. But he has appeared in these last times for the sake of you, yep. me, you and me. He did this for us, praise yep. God. And there, there. Because I don't know how much more personal I can get. Mm-hmm. Who through him, who we, who for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, mm-hmm. who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. 
So that's what it's all about. It's all about our faith being in God. He establishes for us that this is such a personal thing, and it's such a personal thing with God that he offered and gave his very best by laying a foundation, an integrity, a foundation that was sure. In fact, Peter's going to go on to use that word, a sure word of prophecy, and I think we've been there before and done some of that. But, but Robert was asking if we could get if we could get into some of this there and let's mm-hmm. do because now Solomon yeah. Solomon makes this comment now here the wisest man of the world now that's historically established Solomon was a, a remarkable king yep. and he was blessed endued by God with with great wisdom and because he did not ask for some of the other fetchings that normally a, a sovereign would, God gave him all that also. You see, our God is a God of blessing. He wants to bless. And I, I tell you, we're thankful for that. I'm, I'm a testimony of that. Robert's a testimony of that. We are, we are blessed beyond measure. Oh, it doesn't necessarily absolutely. mean we always have everything we want or everything that the world may say are the trappings of success or whatever. But you know, at the same time, God is so good to us. Mm-hmm. And we look at our children, we look at our families, we look at the love and and all the things that we have on so many levels. And we're thankful to God because we also live in a time of storms. Mm-hmm. In fact, Solomon made the reference to the whirlwind. Yep. There in the 10th proverb in verse 25, he said, when the whirlwind passes, Listen, there's always the storms coming. Nowadays, we get to be, we're told for days, sometimes a week <laughs> or so in advance to start fretting and worrying and all that. Isn't it wonderful? Mm-hmm. But, you know, but we appreciate the advance warning, of course, and we've just suffered some horrible storms, some hurricanes in the yeah. southeast here especially. But uh, when the whirlwind passes, Solomon said, mm-hmm. the wicked is no more. And, and all through that psalm, he had talked about what the wicked have what the righteous have. And the wicked wicked believe that they, they can just do whatever they please regardless of who it hurts and all, and there's no consequence. But dear friend, when the whirlwind comes, the wicked is no more. But the uncompromisingly righteous has an everlasting foundation. Yep. I really like that. This is reading it from the Amplified Bible. And uh, basically it's the same as in a lot of your other traditional versions of the scripture except that the addition of that emphasis of the word uncompromisingly yeah if you and i are striving are doing our due diligence to live in righteousness before god then he he knows that Mm -hmm. and we're utilizing the building blocks we're utilizing the building blocks in our lives that that account for righteousness and stability we're letting the things of the word of god help us as we ride the ride of life mm-hmm. that's such a don't you think yeah. that's such an important and powerful thing in fact now backing up to his daddy <laughs> david uh, in the 125th psalm he says those who trust and lean on and confidently hope in the lord are as mount zion which cannot be moved but abides and stands fast forever. As the mountains round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from this time forth and forever. Now, 
I appreciate that. Not only am I on a sure foundation with God, He is round about me. I have the security and blessing of Him being in all directions, 360 with me, and whereby I can abide. That word uh, more commonly in some of the newer translations is the word remain. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I can remain where I'm supposed to be. I can, I can be that solid person for my family. Yep. I can be that encouraging person with the folks I work with mm-hmm. or the students that I share a classroom with or break time with, you know. Mm-hmm. I've also seen it in some translations, hold fast to mm-hmm. or to fasten on to. There you go. You know, I've fa- seen yes. to fasten, you know, that's and, and that's and that's and that's what it is, 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 exactly. is that securing, that yes. securing of. And what's fascinating is in the midst of the storm to have that structure, you know, if you've ever been. If you've ever had high winds or high, high, you know, any yes. kind of storm in your area, you don't want to be in a tent. No, sir. You know, it's not. No. That is not the right thing. That 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 no. loose structure, that feeble frame, is not going to rebuff the wind. It's not going to keep you safe from. Exactly you want right. a firm foundation. You want a solid wall. You want a you want a, a structure that can buff it. You know, one of those, exactly. and not to bring, keep bringing it back to the Jenga, but the thing about yeah. it is that if you're follow, after you have the uh, foundation of Jesus Christ, as you follow the instruction manual that is the Word of God, the structure of this Jenga took place by us following the directions of how to properly build this structure. If I started just randomly placing these script, uh, these we're gonna we're gonna use this example. If I started randomly using scriptures. However, I wanted to to build a structure, it would not be able to hold up. And guess what happens when you start randomly removing scriptures? When you start taking things out of the word of God, it starts being less and less effective. When you start saying, well, you know, I love that verse in Psalms that Pastor Clark just read. I love that verse from Solomon that makes perfect sense. That makes great. But you know what I don't like? I don't like the one that tells me not to covet. Oh. I don't like the one that that okay. tells me that tells me I'm not supposed to lie to people because I like lying. Lying's a comfort sin for me. Uh-huh. Or or man, you know, I I I I don't like honoring honoring God. But you know, man, it, eh. yeah. my parents, ugh. those people. <laughs> you know, when we yeah. start when we start picking and and I'm being I'm exaggerating and picking ones that people are like, oh, that's obvious. You're supposed to do that. But it doesn't matter when we start removing things from the foundation. And they're like, and then of course, in the natural man, I can already hear it. I'm like, oh yeah, well the Bibles y'all are reading from have certain things removed. Yeah, things that didn't qualify. Yeah. In the spirit, things that yeah. things that things that were set aside because they were they were inconsistent with right. the character of God as it was represented by the rest of Scripture. Yeah. And see, that's the thing. That's why that's why Scripture in Revelation says, don't add to or take away from this, because yes. what you do is you start weakening your foundation. You start pushing the blocks out. Exactly. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, we edit it. Well, it can still it can still stand even if the blocks slightly removed. Well, yeah, but when you start taking out things, oh, there it goes. Yeah. I'm missing a whole piece. Yes. Well, sure, it can still stand without that one piece of the word, and mm-hmm. I can still have a worldview. I can have a worldview that has these these holes punched in it. Yeah. You can take almost half of the blocks away from this Jenga mountain, but guess what? You remove that table of Jesus Christ from the truth of your worldview, that whole yeah. tower is going to fall. Right. Exactly. That whirlwind, yeah. that storm that comes when you don't have Jesus at the center. Yeah. Well, you're back in the tent. 
They, they Better yet, go. you're without a tent. Yeah. Well, that's you know, right. That's so right. the whirlwind will sweep you away. You become upset. You become consumed by your your current status, your current predicament, your current mm-hmm. setting. So sorry. Well, that's what. No, 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 not at all. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why Peter there in in the first epistle, mm-hmm. uh, there in that very opening ch- chapter, uh, talks about the fact that we have not been redeemed by lesser things. No. We've not been redeemed by by a savior that oh he's a fornicator too. That's a popular. That's a popular version. Yeah. Uh, you know we can make a movie about that or something. Maybe people yeah. will believe. And we can and we can oh and then also you know he had to have faults in order to relate to us as people mm-hmm. but no the scripture says there we've not been redeemed by those kind of things because those kind of things are kind of shaky yeah you know they're they're not going to hold but he says we've been redeemed that's why i picked up in reading that one that that portion that uh there in first peter he says but right. with the precious blood of a lamb unblemished unblemished and spotless right. the blood of christ who was appointed or who was foreknown before the foundation of the world and has appeared in these times for the sake of you. Right. And the best part about this word, the word that you're sharing about foundations from Solomon and David, these were pre-Messianic men. These these guys existed in a world that was pre... They they are dealing strictly with the knowledge of the character of... Of, of God based on the truth and the relationship they have right. to what? Oh, the word of God. Yes. Yeah. To the to the law, to the foundational text. Solomon, these wise men that are that are following in God's will, David, the man after God's own heart, are existing and living according to strictly what they know about God. Yes. That's how powerful our foundations yes. of scripture are is the fact that we can be given purpose and we can live to purpose and have intellect and have discourse and have knowledge of God. Exactly. In a in a pre-redeemed world. We yeah. live in a we 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 live in a society now where because of God we have the indwelling of the spirit because Christ came because he sacrificed and because he sent his spirit into the world as a helper for us. Yes. We have a we have way less difficulty or we could have way less difficulty understanding and interpreting scripture and understanding foundational truths. Like that was one of my favorite things and, I, and I've talked about this before on the podcast of how Jesus constantly when rebuffed by religiosity, said, yeah, but don't you know what dad said? Don't you know what yes. the scripture mm-hmm. reveals? Don't you know what the law reveals? Don't have, have, do you not understand? And it was funny because all, these con- all this condemnation that was heaped on what the law was, was revealed strictly to be love. God, that's one thing that Jesus constantly did. He's like, no, well, when, when, he, said, when he said this, it was so that you could serve mm-hmm. this way. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. He wanted you to serve this way. You know, I when we when yeah. when we see when we see the Messiah entering the temple, you know, if 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 you're if you look there in the gospels and you see Christ entering Jerusalem and the people are crying out that they're being saved and all that kind of stuff, where does he head? Where does he first go and then leave? Immediately, because he realizes it's closed and it's not doing what it's supposed to do. You have all these people yeah. clamoring for aid. He goes to the temple. And, well, the temple ain't working. 
<laughs> Temple ain't doing. Temple ain't loving. So he leaves. Like he, he turns back around. Like it's very interesting. And I believe that's what Mark eleven. Uh, if I'm correct, I'm, in the, you know he, I'm he, not sure right off, off the, the bat. But, but anyway, sorry. but it, it's it's there. I promise you can you, yeah. you can find it there in the Gospels. There if it's go. not Mark's account, go. it'll be in One John or Luke. But I believe it's maybe. I believe it's in Mark. But yeah. there again, yeah. when we when we when we look at that, what we find is God came to reveal that the foundational truths that Solomon and David had. You know, we've talked about this last one in one of our previous cod, pod, podcasts. Excuse me, the fact that not, all the word is for reproof and teaching and 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 growing and and maturing us in the faith. Mm-hmm. That not a single part of this scripture is something that can be taken for granted because what it what it reveals to us is a purpose and a a functioning and a a revealing of who we're supposed to be. And I love that Jesus Christ, in his walk, in his talk, in his, in his 33 years of life, what he continued to do was show and demonstrate how, well, yeah, but you, you realize that when I was teaching y'all, in, what, what Moses taught y'all in, the, in his song, in his Deuteros, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was the fact that I was reliable. Yes. What he taught you was the there fact that God was consistent to do what he says he's going to do. What was the testimony? What was the testimony of of everyone all the way back to Adam and Eve? Is that when God says there will be a natural consequence to an action, there will be a natural consequence to exactly. an action. That yeah. one of the things that He set forth in the foundations of creation was causality. Yes. That there is a there is a natural response to sin. Yes. That guess what? I I Christ and and you know and of course He He. he with his redemption and his sacrifice, what he provided was an eternal covering of sin. Yes. Mm-hmm. But he did not remove the natural consequence to sin. Exactly. Which is why the foundational instruction is still so vital to exactly. us today. Because guess what? If you want an easier, easier understanding of human nature and an easier understanding of why when you sin certain things happen or why when you why why certain things happen in the world because certain people are doing certain things there is a there is a consistent diminishing of return and there's these constant returns on sin yes there are ripple effects that yeah. last that this is what we call when we talk about generational curses when we talk about things like that when we talk about all those all those things in society that just seem to get worse and worse and worse and compound and compound yeah. and compound it's because when the people continue to neglect acknowledging the truth and acknowledging the foundations, you have this whole world and society that's built on this ignorance and this arrogance and this, and this complete lack of understanding that God, because he made us understood us from the get go. Yeah, exactly. He's like, all right, he provided free will. He allowed Adam and Eve to make their decisions. He said, there's one rule. He made it simple, yes. super straightforward. Yes, one rule. Right, right. We broke the one rule, and then you see the cycle through the Old Testament of him. Can, all right, well, that wasn't enough rules. Apparently, here's some more. Here's some more. But all it is is he's trying to find. He's trying to provide a framework. He's well, trying it. to provide a structure. The thing he's, that comes to know, me, Robert, is is order. Right. God established order. Mm-hmm. And so many, so many. It seems like in our day and time, and I think some of those that are critical, um, you know, of of 
studying the Word of God and looking to the Scriptures want to find fault with the Word, with the text, with the writers, with yeah. the whole bit is because we don't want, you know, the world wants chaos. Right. The world doesn't want order. No. We have that rebellious nature in us. Mm -hmm. And what has that produced? Basically, if I might be controversial here, yeah. and that is because, I mean, I struggle with it in my own life, even as a Christian, right. is that when we're wanting to rebel, it's because we're wanting to live in the flesh. Yes. We're wanting to do what we want to do. We're wanting to do what satisfies what tickles our fancy, yeah. what what you know rings our bell, or whatever we think it is, or for that moment when we can be the rebel of the cause, or something like that. You know, we've bought into that so yeah. much; yeah. it's coming to the church, yeah. and you know, to the point where, <clears throat> excuse me, rather than to follow the order of what God would have mm -hmm. uh, us, and and that's and, and what does that suggest? Order suggests discipline. And, and, of course, in that, we find the true love of God, which provides our security, our basis and boundaries for security right. of living. That's why he says perfect love cast out fear. Right. You're not going to have that. You're not going to be living in the fear zone. Now, when you choose chaos, when you choose to live in rebellion, mm -hmm. which, by the way, the scripture tells us there, the, uh, the Apostle Paul said, that's the same as witchcraft. Right. which was in the Old Testament strictly forbidden. Yeah. I mean, you know, oh, this is not right. right? And, and of course, oh, we're living in a day now when you can't say, oh, this is not right. Uh, <laughs> so we're well, intolerant about something. You by know, the way, the scripture predicted that. <laughs> yeah, and it predicted that too. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it predicted it when Israel, I mean, Israel, Paul says, look back at Israel and, and understand and learn from their example. When they were rebellious, what happened in that rebellion? Yeah, ask Ezekiel what happens when you start setting up pagan gods in the temple. Oh, yeah. Well, there's when you start one. when you start bringing outside influence into your church. When you start forming a a sectarian religion inside the walls of God's temple. Yeah. Well, By the way, your body is God's temple. Yeah. Well. Okay. He, yes. yes. Ouch. Ouch. He, he does. He does say you that. Talk about your relationship to witchcraft and your comfort with it. Your comfort with rebellion. Yeah. You're building all that inside God's temple. Mm. Wow. Come on, um, church. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, 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 it's, you know, uh, that's right. That's right. Just saying. You know, when, and when Matthew was writing and all, and I was just looking at some of the chapters going into that 10th chapter, which is called the Charter of the Christian Life, mm -hmm. uh, or, or Dr. Henry Blackaby liked to refer to it like that. And when we had the privilege to hearing him in some conferences and all, he had at that, at that time, uh, Brother Henry had been studying in the 10th chapter of Matthew for over three years. <laughs> and I'm thinking, wow, yeah. uh, sometimes we can't spend 10 minutes in the Word. But here, <laughs> here's a guy I've been ch studying this one chapter for three years. And as he shared things, boy, I was making notes left and right. And, you know, one of the first things was the fact that we must become, in fact, I wrote this note right down here. It was in July of 2002. We must become accountable to God. And this was just after he labeled in the 10th chapter, Matthew, the 12 apostles. Yep. And, 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 all, and he said, go to the lost sheep of Israel and preach to them, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out the demons. Freely you've received, freely give. There was a accountability there 
that Jesus and I believe it's, it's some, the, some of the that's some of the foreground of the church, right? You know, of what we are as the church, the body of Christ. While some want to say, no, all the church wants to do is to control people. Okay, well, if if healing the sick, if if raising the dead, if cleansing the lepers and casting out the demons in this world, if giving freely of the word, the power of the word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit, if that's controlling people, then let's control them some more. Well, <laughs> it's funny because that's the, the whole idea of manipulation and control from the aspect of the church, and when people look at that, what it tells me is you're speaking of things you know nothing of. Okay. Like okay. this, no, because I mean the fact of the matter is, well, if you had been in a New Testament fellowship, if you had been part of a community of believers that are serving one another, that are giving of themselves, that are okay. that are sh demonstrating the attributes that Christ assigned to His twelve there, where they're healing people and providing for people and all that, yeah. what you find is it's not a people that are that are trying to lead people certain directions. It's not people that are trying to get you to vote for them. It's not people yeah. that are trying to, like I said before like pilfer your pockets it's not that no what it is is it's people seeking to serve you like the, i can i can speak to that in my in my personal life yeah. my my personal desire in serving god is to be of use and be of be of service to like for instance i'm teaching a youth group right now those those young people like hey if i can help you to have an easier life ask me and if i don't have an answer i'm going to ask my elders and we're all going to ask God, and we're yeah. going to find truth. But all we're trying to do is make life and your walk with God and your walk with, with, with Jesus easier. All That's I right. want to do is serve you. Exactly. All I want to do is provide for you, and we're giving of ourselves. And if that is manipulation and, le and, and corrupting and, and trying to leap, that's what I don't understand. Like, If you're serving people, how are you trying to – in what way is that me trying to get you to bow the knee? Yeah. That's Maybe, not that's yeah, not what exactly. I'm doing. Yeah. No, we provide service, we provide aid, we provide counsel, we provide comfort. And yes. that's all we're trying to do is love people. Yeah. And when you do that and when you follow that in the order of God's way of doing, you know, in the way of the Lord. Um, mm -hmm. one of those scriptures related, I can't remember which one it is now. I think it was in the Proverbs or mm -hmm. or the Psalmist one that said in the and in the way of the Lord he blesses the righteous. And yeah. you know one of the things that thrilled me about something Robert had shared about some some of his young people that were having a discussion, and they're saying, okay, uh, we had a couple things here. We're trying to figure out how A relates to B. Well, Robert was Robert was giving them an answer, and what thrilled me is mm -hmm. even just in the short time that these young people have been in a consistent study of the Word of God. Now, here's an object lesson for us mm -hmm. because... This is what happens when we get consistent in the Word of God. Yep. The young people say to their teacher, show me that in the Word. Yep. You see, they respect him as their leader, and they respect him as somebody who has a testimony in the faith. But at the same time, the final authority was where? It was right here in the Word of God. Yep. And that's where we go. And my goodness, if some of us as, as adults would just catch up to that, <laughs> yep. you know, what did Jesus say? And this, let me get let me get into that just yeah, for a moment. For I, and I'm going to the Luke version of it because you know so, a number of the stories and parables that Jesus share um, are in what we call the Synoptic Gospels, which yes. is Matthew, Mark, Luke. 
And then, of course, John, many times, even though there are some of the similar things there, in, like in all four Gospels, but uh, John kind of stands on his own as far as a whole other perspective at the Son of God, mm-hmm. and which we appreciate because actually Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all come from different perspectives, and we appreciate that. And, uh, and Luke, here particularly, I like how the, seven, uh, the sixth chapter closes out because he said, he says that each tree is known by its own fruit, okay? That's verse 44. John, I mean, uh, Luke 6, sorry, Luke 6, 44. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a briar bush. The good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what's good. The evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what's evil. For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. Bingo. From that which fills his heart. That should give all of us some pause there. Christians, non-Christians, seekers. You see, seeker, he's got a pretty good gourd there. He, he, he's really uh, <laughs> applying himself, and I'm thankful he's applying himself in the Word. Uh, and then particularly, he likes the Gonzo Bible study, which that's cool too. But he says, why? <laughs> verse 46 says, why? Jesus said this, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Now see, even then... <laughs> Face to face, people were given mm-hmm. the Lord Jesus lip service. Mm-hmm. Even then, mm-hmm. okay, and the the high and the mighty, the high intellectual, and the even the religious leaders of the day were doing that to Jesus and accusing him and and uh, attaching things to him which did not uh, did not stick. Praise the Lord. Mm. And he says in verse forty seven, everyone who comes to me. Now get this, everyone who comes to me. Mm-hmm. And hears my words and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. And the Lord is so good about this. He makes it very clear. He says, here, I'll, I'll let you know what a faithful person's like. Here's what he's like. And he goes on to say it in verse 48, 49. He's like a man building a house who dug deep. Get that now. He dug deep and he laid a foundation on the rock. And when the flood occurred, the torrent burst against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. Now that that's, you know, and this is where, actually we're kind of coming at this topsy-turvy, but that's okay uh, from what we thought it was going to be. But that's that's part of the neat, the neat thing about the podcast is that we just take it as, as the Spirit leads. And this is where we were going to go to Solomon and, and, and David and all because they talk about the rock. And you may recall last episode, we were there in Deuteronomy 32, 34, anyway, 32, 32, right. where, where there Moses, as they're transitioning in that transition time from the leadership of Moses to Joshua, wasn't it? And he talked about the fact that the Lord, that they lift up in praise, he is our rock. And this is what Jesus himself is saying, that that the wise man who's yes. paid attention, the one who wants to say, Lord, Lord, the one who wants to, to know that his name's written in heaven, the one that wants to be accountable and wants to be usable of the kingdom in this life, this person has built a foundation based on digging down to the bedrock. The rock, his work is perfect. His ways are just. A faithful God, without bias, he is righteous and true. Hey, there you are. Deuteronomy 32, verse 4. Amen. 
so many places in Scripture that talk about that, that talk yep. about the rock. And then you get over here, Paul was talking about how Jesus was the cornerstone. Well, Peter that does that too. Uh, that, that, that the foundation of which is in Christ Jesus alone, no man can lay any foundation that's a sure thing other than that which is in Christ Jesus. And that's why we encourage people to read the word, ride the ride, because in this, the what Jesus would have us to do is, is exactly what you're seeing here, to be a blessing, to, to, to have that which comes from a good heart, that treasure, that, that speaks forth good things, that looks to be a blessing. We talked about that, the, the chapter of uh, the Christian charter of life and all that and, and the verses going into that, mm-hmm. uh, the golden rule. You know, all those things are a part of that. Do unto others as you'd have them to do unto you. Mm-hmm. Is that not a good way to live? That's mm-hmm. the word of God. And it's amazing to me how a lot of folks want to assign some of those things, some of those things you just can't get around. <laughs> and I always chuckle a little bit when I'll hear something from the scripture and then they'll ultimately assign that to some ancient uh, ancient writing. They don't want to just come out and say it's from the word of God, it's just the Bible, you know. <laughs> but hey, why is that? Because for some reason, the world wants to believe in chaos. The world wants to believe that everything just threw together, thrown together, collided, bing, bang, boom, you know, like we're one big pinball game or something like that, you know. Um, and sometimes we all live that way, and we right. shouldn't. But, you know, we because we're flesh and blood. But this is the great thing about the Scripture. The Scripture gets us back into what we're supposed to be, okay? Mm-hmm. It gets us out of the matrix, and it puts us into what we really are, okay? <laughs> and that's why... Well, you know, and that, it's, it's hilarious that you mentioned the matrix. <laughs> oh. And, you know, because the theories behind that, the, 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 the philosophy of thinking behind that, that we're all just in a simulation, that we're all just... You know, we're, we're, we either are in the own figment of our imagination or we all subsist in the figment of the imagination of some other projected being is hilarious because what it requires is, you know, a, a lot of it excuses a lot of things because, you know, this is all just fake and one day the giant will wake up and we'll all disappear. Um, <laughs> you know, but even then it, it, it requires a universe of an intellectual construct and design. Uh, that they don't want to acknowledge it the same thing. Well, we're just we're just happening, um, but we're happening because of uh, because the structures of a intellectual design. Anyway, uh, but that's beside the point. You know, it's hilarious. You talk about the golden rule and living in life and moving forward in those things. And I move back a chapter in Deuteronomy to thirty one, and I start there in verse seven, and I'm going to read seven and eight because it's great here. What we find is that based on the based on the contract and everything here, we see Moses then summoned Joshua, and he said to him in the sight of all of Israel, "Be strong and courageous, for you will go with this people into the land of the Lord that He swore to give to you and your fathers, and the Lord is the one who will go before you." Mm. And he will be with you, and he will not leave you or abandon you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because the Lord goes before you. Amen. See, so as we talk about, you know, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, it's different for us here as believers because do unto others as you'd have them do to you and be strong and courageous in your faith because 
as you do what you're supposed to do, the Lord has already gone before you. You see, he has already made way. He has already made pathways. He has already made way easy for those that love the Lord, that are courageous in the faith, that move into their purpose, into their calling. Like it says in scripture, I quoted that scripture earlier. Those that are called to the purpose who love the Lord, God will make their way straight. God will make provision for them. That's That's how this works. So be strong and courageous and do not fear because one of the things that we can stand on, one of the things that Moses in his testimony in his song says here to Joshua is God does not abandon people. God does not turn his back on those that step out and do what they're supposed to do. So you must go. You must go and be strong. You must go and be courageous. You must be strong. You must enter into the promise. See, here's the thing. Moses is talking to Joshua about the people finally get the thing that God promised generations back. They're finally receiving a blessing that was promised to Abraham. And back into, he's bringing the people back into the promised land, back into the thing that he promised he would give them centuries, almost millennia. Actually, it is removed. And he's giving them these things. And see, what we have in the new faith, in the new, under the new Adam, is we're promised a restoration. We're promised a new freedom into the promised land. But we have to stand up and we have to walk. We have to do. We have to participate courageously in the actions of living out the faith. We have to participate willingly and effectively and courageously in upholding the truth of the law, in believing in the foundations that Christ set forward, in living out the love that Christ set forward. We can't just be meek about it. We can't just always take a back burner and say, ah, it's all right, you know, whatever. You know, the fact matter is we have to be bold. We have to be courageous. We have to stand up and say, I'm going to love you and serve you. Because yes, I want you to. I want you to be loving to me as well. That's yes. So be. I'm going to be kind because I want you to be kind. That golden rule: do unto others as you have them see them do to you. But see, I want to go past that. I want to be bold and courageous for God because go. I want to be. I want people around me to be bold and courageous for God. Yes. Not for my sake, but to His glory. Amen. See, That's I want to. I, I want to step out and be bold and move into my promise as a joint heir with Christ into my victory, into my healing as by his stripes, I am healed. I want to move into those things so that others around me will move into those things as well. Great. Say do unto others as you have them do to you. If you're serving people, it's not to get served. It's so that people begin serving. That's right. See, you've got a continuity. I, I love the way you're showing here. You're, you're demonstrating for us a continuity here from the very closing chapters of Deuteronomy. Right. The transitioning of, of two men under the law, Moses, whereby the law came during the days of Moses to, to a new generation that would be faithful. Right. You know, and, and look at the continuity through the ages. And in fact, many will find if they got a decent reference Bible, you're going to find in that statement that was said here, mm-hmm. that you're going to find that reference to Hebrews 13. Yep. And in My that, and I, I want to, I, I want to read those few verses just that, going into that brief chapter because here uh-huh. is the closing. Here's the closing of this chapter. There's only 25 verses to it, but the closing of this of the book of Hebrews. Mm-hmm. And he says, "Let 
let love of the brethren continue. Okay? Mm -hmm. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, mm -hmm. for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. That's right. Remember the prisoners and the, as though in prison with them, and those who are ill-treated, since you yourselves also are in the body. Marriage is to be held in honor among all, mm -hmm. and the marriage bed is to be undefiled. Yep. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you, so that we may confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? Remember those who are who led you and who spoke the word of God to you and consider the result of their conduct. Imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And of course it goes on and on. And so you see here from the 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 stressed conduct of a generation that said we will obey and so he's Moses says to them what be strong be vigilant don't forsake the Lord he will give you the land basically the promises will be yours yep. and we come all the way here into the new covenant and what is it the promise of the new covenant is that all the promises of God are ours as children of Abraham we're still under that covenant as well but particularly in the New Covenant, all that Christ has fulfilled for us, what is it that it begins with? Let love continue. Let love continue. Not dominance, not control, not over being overbearing, but let love, let love continue. Mm -hmm. And if we're not doing it in love, it's like Robert said a while ago, you know, if, if love is not coming forth out of the church, I mean, the church has its problems, folks. Right. Because the church is filled up with people. <laughs> and all of us <laughs> yeah. peoples have problems too. You know, That's I mean right. it includes the guy in the pulpit sometimes, you know, it really does. And 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 yet there should be somebody there offering a hand. There should be somebody yeah. there offering a welcome and a hug and, and and here, here's what's going on today. Glad you're here to be a part of it. Right. And and then the next thing you should be hearing is praise and worship and you should be seeing things that lift up the Lord Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and direct our hearts and minds to the Word of God. And all these other things are included. All these other things are included. There are people in prison. Because, in fact, out to the side of my notes, on, on a number of occasions we have come to this verse in verse 3 about the prisoners because in particular it's talking about those of the brethren that were imprisoned. He was. And he was. Yeah. Hebrews Hebrews ends with him saying, oh, by the way, pray for us because we've been convicted with yeah. clear conscience in our way there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of conduct. We, we've done everything honorably in everything, and I urge you just to pray for us because we're sitting here in jail. Yeah. That's, That's literally right. how the book of Hebrews yeah. ends. It's like, oh, by the way, love you guys. Keep listening to your elders. Know that God is faithful, and just pray for us because we're sitting wrongly convicted in jail again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were living at a time when their government may at any time show up and yeah. imprison them on some kind of charges. And so the righteous right along with the unrighteous were being imprisoned yep. and and put in the processes of all that system. And listen, are we not in some of those similar days? I mean, there's, there's a lot of concerns about that even in the United States of America today. And 
parts of the western i know we have many of, the, of, of our of those that are joining us that are international mm-hmm. folks all over the world and we're so thrilled to have you god Absolutely. bless you and and so it, it may be yeah it may be a concern of yours with where you live and and the government that is yours and so we and the bible says we should pray in fact romans tells us what is it chapter 13 um, we should be praying for yeah. those who rule yeah. over us that's right and um and we certainly need it. I'll tell you, those of us in the United States, we we, we plead for you to pray for us, please. That's right, please. Um, but the, you know, but even then, Paul's Paul's message, even as he's sitting there in prison, yeah. is of of love and consideration and faithfulness to God's working in your life, and to yes. know that the promises are true. The promises, yes. he, literally, in his experiential, in the natural, what's happening to him. Because, I mean, ancient prisons weren't country clubs. No. Like, you know, it wasn't like he was in some no. very comfortable space with air conditioning and soda. Like, no. no. He was he was living in, they were talking about an ancient Roman prison. Um, mm. So he's, he's, he's in prison talking about how everything's true. All the promises are true. Everything, is, right. everything is real. All the love is there. And and continue to be kind and continue to express love oh, to man. one another no and, expe- really. and continue to be those people that are without, you know, corruption. Continue to be honorable people in everything you do. Be parts of society, but don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because God is true. God is his purposes are true. Amen. Literally, where if he got consumed in the natural. If Paul had gotten consumed in the natural as he's writing this, it's oh, like, boy. dude, I'm freaking out. I'm in prison. Somebody uh-huh. bail me out of here. It's not okay. I just saw a cockroach eat a rat. Uh, like, oh, I, you, know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's 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 not it's not like he has this, you know, wonderful thing. He's sitting That's here. You know, <laughs> so, I'm glad I got this block right here. Yeah, to really mess with to really mess with Pastor Rick is like there was a snake just crawled through my chair. Oh, gee whiz, please don't say that. I'll take the minion over that creeping thing. That's Genesis one twenty six. Yeah, here's my heel. Take the minion over every creeping thing. Okay. <laughs> but Praise the God. fact of the matter is we can't become obsessed with our circumstance. Right. No, we no. cannot live in fear of our political climates. Mm. We cannot live in obsession with the next calamity that's over the hill because yes. that is not our purpose. That is not our promise. That's right. Stop pretending like it is. Come on. Like, like we need to stop pretending like we need to be concerned with what is happening in the world. Yeah. Start being kingdom-minded people. Start yep. being people that are looking to say, oh, yes, that is happening. And granted, we've talked about that before on this podcast. We as Americans have the privilege to participate in our government, to be members of our government. Right. So we need to do that because that's part of being an honorable citizen. Part of, uh, part of our obligation as citizens of America is to vote, is to participate in political stuff. But at the same time, we cannot live in fear of the outcome. We cannot live in apprehension to the things that are coming. Because guess what? The scripture tells us before it gets over, this is all going to hell in a handbasket. When well, the, and then the king will return, and he's going to restore it all. There'll be a new heaven, a new earth. That's right. You know, the writer of Hebrews went on to say, after we, we stopped there at verse 8, but he goes on talking about not being carried away with all kinds of strange 
and varied teachings. He says, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. Bingo. It is good for the heart to be, he says, when we come to an altar with which those who have served the temple have no right to eat. We, we've come before a heavenly altar. Mm-hmm. We're not, we've not come before an altar as in under the law. And, you know, that's, that's uh, just, just for an aside note there, in the book of Hebrews does a lot of comparisons to what the earthly order of things were under the law and how that was based on heavenly things mm-hmm. and how we have, in fact, the key word to the book of Hebrews is the word better. We have such a better covenant in Christ Jesus the Lord because of perfect blood that was shed. His priesthood after that, after the order of Melchizedek, is a perfect priesthood. Yep. And and on and on and on, and even right up in here to the close, he says, therefore, that Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people, that's verse mm-hmm. 12, through his own blood, he suffered outside the gate. He did all that for us. Yep. He did all that for us. And by his own blood shed. And we're thankful for that because no one else has done that, dear friend. No mm-hmm. one else has ever done that. You want to get comparative about whatever. And I don't want to get into comparative nah. religions because religions are things cooked up by men. I, you know, we need to talk about faith in a living God. Bingo. And, you know, and that's that's where the ride takes us. The yeah. ride brings us right up to him the into the open arms of god faith that's exactly right robert into exactly it brings right. us home yes. that you know that that that, that is that is the thing you know yep. we the repeatedly throughout this episode is the fact that yep. we need to be reminded that our foundations are the living room of god it puts us right there back at his feet it puts right. us it puts us the children back to playing on the floor with dad Amen. That's what it, it's. It's all about restoring us to a to a to a childlike grace and humility and gratefulness. My, you know, this morning, uh, my son, because there's a there's a promise. He he knew this morning in the car. He looked around. And he said, "Dad, you forgot my snack." <laughs> and I'm like, "I uh, did no gracious. such thing." And I and I and I was like, but you know what I did get you? I got you a banana. And I, I peeled his banana and and ha- and handed him this open open banana to him. But it was the promise of that he knew as soon as he got buckled in. There's the promise of the snack. And and, and I'm and granted, I, this is a relational thing, but I, that's what I'm yeah. trying to illustrate is the fact that we have this promise of God that we can step out and there again back to Deuteronomy. We can step into boldly and courageously my son had no doubt that he could say hey wait a minute i don't have i'm buckled in i don't have a snack but i'm promised one so i'm gonna i'm gonna say hey dad where's my promised snack and you know what as a father i was faithful and just to give him his banana (laughs) you know what i mean and how much more faithful how much more consistent is our god to provide the cheese for the mac how much more how much more faithful is he to provide for us how much more faithful is he to provide the promised thing and the promised thing is a relationship the promised thing is a reconnecting through his son the promised yeah. thing is hope to our salvation that by faith we can 
By faith, we have. By faith, it is already done. It's already done. For he is faithful and true. Amen. faithful and true who hath provided all things. Praise God. Isn't that powerful? That's powerful. Absolutely. Wow, that's not yours. I hope it will become yours today. And the scripture says just by asking and uh, recognizing who he is and receiving that and accepting that and just repenting, turning and changing from our sins. And we turn away from sin to him. That's the wonderful thing about it. We're not turning into the abyss or we're not turning into darkness. We're turning, we're going, literally, the scripture says, we're going from darkness into light. And uh, and the light exposes all things. But the wonderful thing about that, and see, is a lot of us hesitated for times in our lives, uh, some of us longer than others, because mm-hmm. we were afeared, we were afraid, sorry, that is not proper English, <laughs> we were afraid of what that light was going to expose. But the thing about it is, God already knows, he knows all things. He knows all things. And and just like the psalmist had come to that point, he says he is all around us. But then he says to abide and to stand forever. He is around us forever then. And so we are secure uh, in his grasp, in his grip. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Y'all have a great day. Amen. This has been another episode of the Gonzo Bible Study. Yes. I'm Robert Clark. This is Reverend Richard Clark, Amen. Pastor Rick. Yep. Reach out to us via the GonzoBibleStudy.com. Sure. Comment on stuff on social media. Follow, like, share. Yes, please. The biggest thing is not our promotion, but the promotion of God's Word. There you go. And so join us. As we always say, read the Word, ride the ride. Yes. And as my grandfather said, arrive safely. Amen.